0: And let's read together uh, from 2 Timothy 2, verses 3 through 5. These verses will serve as our reading of God's law this morning. 2 Timothy 2, beginning at verse 3. You, therefore, must endure hardship as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. No, no one engaged in warfare entangles himself with the affairs of this life that he, may please him, that he may please him who enlisted him as a soldier. And also, if anyone competes in athletics, he is not crowned unless he competes according to the rules. Please be seated. So in verses 3 and 4, uh, the Apostle Paul uses one of his uh, favorite metaphors to describe the Christian life. He describes it as warfare. And he says that the Christian is a, a good soldier of Christ who engages in the war uh, in order to please the Lord who has enlisted him into that war. And so uh, as Christians, we're supposed to enter the war and we're supposed to fight the, the good fight against sin and evil. Um, as a soldier. And yet, how often do you take the time to think about the war that you're supposed to be fighting? How often or how well are you implementing the strategy that God has given for fighting this war? Uh, You do know the strategy, right? Uh, every, Every army has a strategy. Uh, no soldier just marches out onto the battlefield without uh, knowing and implementing the strategy to do otherwise would be to, you know, a suicide mission. It would put yourself in a, in a place of harm and open to the enemy's assault. And so do you know what your strategy is, or do you know what the biblical strategy is for fighting sin? And are you following the strategy? Or are you just wandering around the battlefield? When you come across something that happens to prick your conscience, do you offer up a quick confession and then move on without giving any consideration to the larger strategy? Understand, brothers and sisters, that you will uh, never drift or coast to victory over sin. You will never drift or coast to victory over sin. You will Um, You will never just happen to win your battle against sin. You need a biblical strategy, which is to say you need to have a plan for fighting the sin in your life. You need to read in the scriptures what God says about this strategy, and then you need to implement that strategy. And so let me give you a seven step strategy that's derived from the scriptures. Step number one is to identify sin. And for this, you need to read and study the word of God because the Lord is the one who defines what sin is. Uh, We can't go by what society tells us. We can't go by what the scientific community tells us. We can't go by what the laws of the land are. We need to identify sin by what God tells us. And this is important because if we don't identify sin, then we won't be fighting against sin. If you don't identify the sin in your life, then you're not gonna be fighting against sin. Step number two is to assess your life. Um, Having identified what sin is, you now need to assess where sin is manifest in your life. Is sin manifest on your tongue? Is sin manifest in your eyes? Is sin manifest uh, in what you're doing with your hands? Is, are your feet quick to, to run towards sin? Are your ears itching to listen to sin? Uh, when you regularly and thoroughly assess your life um, for sin, you'll sometimes discover that sin, um, the sins that you've just become aware of, the, th- the sins that you just saw pop into your, your field of view have actually been functioning in your life for a very long time. You'll discover that some of the habits and, and in, indeed even aspects of your lifestyle have been built around these, these various sins. Step number three of the strategy is to feel the weight of your sin. This might seem counterintuitive to some, Because uh, we've been told by our therapy culture that uh, we should never feel bad or guilty or ashamed. That these are negative emotions and we need to reject them. But the scriptures tell us that grieving our sin is is, is necessary for fighting our sin. And if we don't regularly and genuinely grieve our sin, then we won't genuinely repent of our sin. If we don't see sin as God sees it, then we won't wrestle against it as we should. So ask yourself, do I recognize my sin that is contrary to my identity in Christ? Do I recognize that continuing in sin is a contradiction with who Christ has redeemed me to be? Do I see my sin as grieving the Holy Spirit? If the Holy Spirit is grieved over over my sin, shouldn't I as well be grieved over my sin? Have I forgotten the enormous price my Savior paid because of my sin? Have I become desensitized to my sin? Step number four is to consider What is influencing your sin? Is there something in your life, or in your history, or in your family, or in your circumstances that makes you especially vulnerable to certain sins? Are you pursuing sin to escape reality? Or in response to fear? Or is a tactic for avoiding something do your sins provide a shield that you can hide behind so that you don't have to face something difficult or unpleasant? Sin is like an iceberg. Uh, we often see only the 10% that's above the surface, but below the surface, there's, there's another 90% that's deeply affecting us. For example, maybe the uh, presenting sin that you can see above the surface is the, uh, is the sin of a bitter and critical tongue. But as you consider through prayer and scripture meditation, um, you, you begin to realize that the, the critical tongue comes from an envious heart that's discontent with the provisions God has made. And so rather than learning contentment with what you have, uh, you critique other people. And this is a, a, a sinfully therapeutic response um, to our envious and discontent, discontent hearts, because if we can convince ourselves that, that other people 's lives are messed up, then we won 't feel so bad about our own lives being messed up that 's the, the the connection and and it 's only through considering what is influencing our sins that we can begin to make those connections, and we can be, begin to see the iceberg below the surface of the water when you properly consider what 's influencing your sin, then you'll be able to repent of the entire iceberg. The 10% that's easy to see of the 90% that's not so easy to see. Step number five is to take appropriate action against your sin. Jesus said that if your eye causes you to sin, then gouge it out. If your hand causes you to sin, then cut it off. In other words, become aggressive and taking appropriate action to break the patterns of sin in your life. If your smartphone is a gateway to sin, then get a dumb phone. If discontentment is something you struggle with, then cut out social media. If being tired reduces your resistance to sin, then go to bed on time, get proper sleep. If isolation is a factor, then reorganize your schedule so that you're around other people during the hours of temptation. If if these things seem too radical to you, if it seems like um, the cost of, of implementing these type of procedures is more than you're willing to pay, then you need to go back to step three, and you need to spend more time feeling the weight of your sin and contemplating the cost that Jesus paid in order to redeem you of sin. Step number six is to put on the righteous counterpart to your sin. Up to this point, the strategy has been identifying sin and then putting it off. That's good, but it's only part of the strategy. Too many Christians stop at putting off their sin and they don't proceed with putting on righteousness. The successful strategy for fighting sin requires putting off as well as putting on. You put off sin and you put on obedience. You put off the old man, you put on the new man. You put off lying and you put on truth-telling. You put off thievery and you put on working with your hands so that you have something to provide, not only for yourself, but to give to others. You put off gossip and you, you put on building others up in the Lord. And the seventh step is to meditate on the glory of Christ. You need to constantly be dwelling upon the glory of Christ. We need to fill our hearts as well as our heads with who we are in Christ and what our calling is as new creations. And this is one of the reasons why Lord's Day worship is so important. As we considered last Sunday, worship is one of the primary ways that the Lord equips us with the grace we need to walk in the Spirit throughout the week. And worship is one of the primary ways he reminds us that when the battle against sin is at its fiercest, we are more than conquerors in Jesus Christ. It's because of the glories of Christ that we are victors and not victims. And so these are the these are seven steps, not these seven steps, but these are seven steps of a biblical strategy for fighting sin this strategy is not always going to be linear. You're not always going to progress from from step one to step seven, but rather there will be times that you need to go back and revisit one of the earlier steps because things are out of balance in your life. Moreover, this is a, a strategy that you're going to cycle through over and over and over as you continue to fight against sin and new sins that develop in your life. And so... But but nevertheless, this is a biblical strategy, and you need a biblical strategy to fight the good fight, because mortification of, of sin doesn't just happen automatically. So as you engage in biblical warfare against sin, as the soldier that God enlisted you to be, consider the strategy you're using. Consider whether you're using a strategy and then consider the strategy that you're using. And where the Holy Spirit is born witness to you of your sin, whether that's the sin of not strategically fighting, or that's any other sin that the Lord has placed upon your heart. Remember that God pardons and forgives all who truly repent while trusting in the atoning work of Jesus Christ. Repentance includes confession, and so we confess our sins to the Lord.